1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Hey, it's Doug
2: Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, tireact.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer rated Redstone Pinza. AT, but did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few, everything you need to elevate your drive. Simply go to tire com slash sports tire.com. So way tire buying should be. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Welcome in. This is uh, an American-friendly broadcast. I don't know if Chinese radio will pick this up, or the iHeartRadio app travels overseas. We won't be getting into it because, frankly, it's a really bad idea to play American politics abroad. Case in point, the NBA. Uh, we will be talking about the Cleveland Browns. <sighs> How they got run out the building. They got run. They got the field mopped with them. And uh, it could not have made for better radio fodder. Listen, if you have listened to this here radio show, and I've been doing this deal in the afternoons for over a decade. You do know there's some sayings, some expressions that I have, okay, that I believe, I truthfully believe you will like, you will want to use, and I only ask that occasionally you credit me, okay? Things like, no one gets a second opinion on good news. That's a really good one. Mr. Gottlieb, you don't have cancer. Sorry, Doc. I need a second opinion. You can't fool players. Fans are easy to fool. Coaches, occasionally you can fool. Players, they know. They know. They know who's got it, who doesn't have it. If you don't believe me, go to a practice and ask them. Ask them. They won't play for guys as quarterbacks that don't play hard, that aren't completely bought in. The guys that aren't leaders. Because when, what's the cliche? Going gets tough, the tough get going. They read it, they feel it, they know it. Cannot fool players. Uh, Here's one. There are no more secrets, only facts yet to be revealed. And if you don't want to get caught, don't do it. Right? But here's my new one. It's my favorite one. I'm going to use it for a second consecutive day. You ready for it? Here it is. Um, You know how people always say, I hate to say I told you so. I love to say I told you so. Because you know why? I told you so. The Cleveland Browns are what the late Denny Green said, Monday Night Football. They are who we thought they were. And the San Francisco 49ers did not let them off the hook. They took the puppy dog pound and rubbed their nose in it. Did you do that? Did you do that? Did you do that? Bad dog. Exactly who we thought they were. Right? They're new money. We won a couple games after winning one in over in two years. We got this young quarterback. He can say what he wants, he can do what he wants. All that conventional wisdom goes right out the window. You know why? It's a new era in Cleveland. I know that all the other quarterbacks in the NFL are like corporations. They don't say nothing. They don't offer opinions. They just quietly lead and go about their business. But Baker Mayfield is different. Sure, I know he's a little on the smallest side. He's a little on the thickest side. He's a little on the slowish side. But you know what he's got? He's got heart. He's got toughness got intangibles He's a former walk-on twice over Won the Heisman trophy is the number one overall pick. It's the greatest success story in the history of college football, but you know, it's not, it's not the makings of a great NFL quarterback too much too soon. And it's not all his fault. Not all his fault. What the Cleveland Browns are is the perfect example of self-representation in a murder trial. I want you think about that for a second. Look, you can represent yourself. You have to in small claims court. You know, like the people's court, people laugh at your Judge Judy when you got legal representation. Like, no, 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 this is easy. You just tell your story. They'll tell their story and I'll decide who I believe. Right. Judge Judy, thank you. She makes $50 million a year. It's a good gig. It's a good gig. I think her first name is actually Judge. I'm not sure she's really a judge. But if you're on the trial for your life, if you're Orenthal James Simpson, what do you do? You go and get the dream team. Right? OJ Simpson went and got the dream team. Robert Kardashian, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The best representation money can buy. Do you know why? Because it's a fight for your life. And if you go back and you watch the OJ trial, if you live through it, you know they turned it, they changed it from did he do it to could it be somebody else? Could he be framed? Cops are racists. Cops don't like black people. So, of course, it couldn't be OJ. Could be anybody else other than OJ. There's a one in 20 million chance. But there's that one, even if that's a scientific fact, when it's one in 20 million. But he did so because he got the best. That's where the Cleveland Browns made the mistake. I don't just blame Baker. No, Baker's not as good as advertised, but he's also in his second year starting. He hasn't started a full season in the National football league. He doesn't have a great offensive line. He's got some talented, big name wide receivers who want the football. He's learning to play real NFL football, not the oop de oop stuff. He did at Oklahoma where dudes are running wide open and free. He went on the road and faced a hungry, talented, super athletic and rested and healthy San Francisco 49ers team. We told you two weeks ago, this was the easiest bet that Vegas would give you all year long. Nick Bosa should have been the number one overall pick. Played like it last night. And the San Francisco 49ers, who tanked for a couple years, have been laying in the weight, chomping at the bit. And they made Baker Mayfield look like a former walk-on quarterback. But it's because their head coach hadn't called plays until last year. He doesn't look the part. He doesn't act the part. He seems overwhelmed. Right. And also by hiring him, they lost their defensive coordinator. It doesn't mean they wanted to keep him, but they didn't have a choice because they chose sides. And if you want, if you want to represent yourself, if you want to have a young, unproven coach, You can't do it on a team that has high expectations. Even Kyle Shanahan on the other side, right? You sit there and go, man, Kyle Shanahan looks like a really good coach. He does. Do you know why? He got two years to work on his head coaching craft. He didn't just get the job with the Niners. When he got the job with the Niners, they were in tank mode. They were in rebuild mode. So he could work on game plan. So he could try some stuff. So when he got a team that was legit, he knew what to do and when to do it. And he'd create a culture within the locker room. And he called plays before he got there. So he had years of experience of being around the NFL, watching his dad as a head coach. He is a former player. Then at a very young age, becomes a coach. Then he starts calling plays. Hell, he called plays in the Super Bowl. And yeah, he blew a 28 to three lead because he wouldn't run the football, but you only learn that lesson once. Then he gets the job with the Niners He he wouldn't have been hired for the Niners this year. He was hired for the Niners two years ago. Where he could figure some stuff out. This dude, Freddie Kitchens, was hired for a team that won seven games. And the expectations were to win 10, 11, 12. And he hadn't coached a day in his life at that level. What the Browns hiring Freddie Kitchens amounted to is... You're on a trial for your life. You got Windows aren't open very long in the NFL. You kidding me? Ben Roethlisberger's out for the year. The Bengals are right there with the Dolphins, the worst team in football. The Ravens, frankly, are in rebuild mode, and they're trying to figure out if Lamar is good enough, but this is not a great Ravens team. You beat the Ravens. You dominated them. This is your division to win. The AFC is down. Kansas City's banged up. Tom Brady's 75 years old. I mean, how winnable is the AFC? The Buffalo Bills are sitting there, what, 4-1? and one? You have a small window where Odell Beckham Jr. is on board. Jarvis Landry is on board. All these guys are on board. And you hire a guy who's frankly not ready. It doesn't mean he won't ultimately be ready. Doesn't mean that in two years he won't have the experience and understand what he's doing and create a culture. But you ain't got two years. Because the NFL, as we've been told my entire lifetime, stands for not for long. And when you self-represent at a murder trial, this is what happens. You know? I mean, the Browns have had a series of one-year, two-year coaches. They're not known for being patient. They finally think they have players. They finally invest in free agents. They finally feel like they've drafted well. There's energy. The division's down, and this is the egg that they lay. The quarterback looks like he's regressing. We haven't heard the negativity from the wide receivers, but it's coming. The offensive line isn't blocking anybody, and they got utterly and completely embarrassed on national TV. If O.J. would have represented himself, he would have still been in jail serving consecutive life sentences. No question. But he got the best legal team money could buy. And he got off. And if you look around the Nash Football League, teams that are ready to win, it's different if you're in rebuild mode. Like you're Cincinnati, they hire a young coach, like whatever, they weren't winning this year anyway. Teams that are ready to win, you better hire a coach that's done this before. You better support, especially when you don't have a quarterback who has number. It's not like, like look, at least Green Bay may have hired a coach that's never really done it before, only called plays for a year, but one, at least he called plays for a year, and two, at least you got a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl before. You got a quarterback who hasn't started for 16 games. You got two wide receivers who are buddies but had never played together in the pros you got an offensive line where you trade away one of your best players. And you got a head coach who hadn't called plays for an entire season yet. What did you expect? So, in addition to the sayings that I love, no one gets a second opinion on good news. Can't fool players. There are no more secrets, only facts yet to be revealed. Add this one to it. I love to say I told you so, because I told you so.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Chris Sims been a starting quarterback in the National Football League. He knows how hard that respect is to earn. He earned it. Also, by the way, I should point out, uh, I were you roommates with Kyle at Texas? We,
5: we were, we were, you know, really good friends. We weren't roommates. We lived right down the hall from each other. But uh, one of those things where. He was at Duke and then transferred to the University of Texas, and, of course, we kind of hit it off right away. You know, We had so many things in common in our life, and uh, uh, we both love football, so, yes, uh, very, very good friends. And then when I was in Tampa, Doug, he came there to be the quality control coach my second and third year in the nfl under john gruden so that even furthered our friendship along uh for a few extra years there
2: and for people who don't know what the quality control coach is they're the guy my brother-in-law my ex-brother-in-law did this where you basically take all the tapes and you take it to the general manager and you guys they they watch everything everything from every practice uh to figure out who's doing what who's not doing what and you know, you sit next, in that case, you sit next to John Gruden and you learn right. what John Gruden is evaluating. You, Bruce Allen was there back then. You learn what they're seeing and what they're evaluating. No, uh, no doubt. Uh, did you know, like, did you, if somebody would have said like, hey, Kyle's going to be a dynamic play caller and a hell of a head coach. Back when he rolled in from Duke, uh, you know, with some nice luggage and a big reputation at Texas, would you have, would you have said, yeah, I see that?
5: I I guess I would have. Yeah, this is my first clue. Like, he used to try to play Madden, like, when we played video games, like it was, like, true to form. Like, no, that offensive play should work against that defense. And I was like, yeah, only one thing that's different here. It's a video game, okay, and that doesn't count. But... This is where he really separated himself, Doug, and where I knew he was going to be special, because when you talked about it, when he worked for John Gruden, you know, yes, it was great that he was under Gruden, of course, learned that offense, already had known a lot about his dad's offense and the famous Shanahan outside-inside-zone running scheme, so he had that, but... Where I didn't think Kyle has really separated himself from the, you know, from the crop as far as offensive coordinators, and I put Kyle in that very short list of McDaniels, Shanahan, Sean Payton, McVay. I think those four offensive play callers and game designers are kind of the cream of the crop in the NFL right now. Uh, he he. In Tampa, Doug, would be with the defensive coaches. We had Rod Marinelli, D coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. Monty Kiffin, of course, was our D coordinator. Mike Tomlin was there. He spent so much time in their meeting room learning the rules of defenses. And that's what you saw last night again. When Kyle gets a clue about, ooh, they like to play this defense uh, way too much against these certain personnel sets or formations, he will crack the code on that defense and challenge the rules within the defense, and that's what we saw last night. Early on, he really just found some things that Steve Wilkes does, and he put them in a bind schematically on that side of the ball to where – they go. Gosh, that really challenges our rules for a little backside linebacker, backside defense end, whatever it may be, and uh, made life very hard on that Browns defense last night.
2: I, 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 leading into this game, I told everybody who had listened, "This is a layup for the Niners, right? That they're not only young and talented, but they're they're trying to make a name for themselves. They had the week off and right. an extra day to prepare. They're, right. they're they're playing at home, whereas you know the Browns." They won last week against the Ravens, but that's that's a rivalry game. That's a hard-fought game. More than anything, just the idea of you're coming off a week of playing and you have to travel cross-country. The other team is fresh, is rested, and it mean, meant a ton to them. But you give Kyle Shanahan, that staff, an extra week for rested players and preparation and I felt like that was a as much as it's a win and I want to talk about the Browns and their issues and the speed that the Niners have I do think there's a little bit of scheduling in that win too no? Well yeah
5: there probably is listen I'm an idiot I picked the Browns to win okay I'm a bad friend and I'm an idiot I just I thought I played like this angle that uh, maybe off a bye week they might be a little just asleep at the wheel and oh we're 3-0 and the life's great and I thought that Cleveland whose defense has been very good to this point this year, and I thought that their offense found their way, that they might catch the 49ers on a bad night. Man, was I wrong. Your logic was totally right there, uh, without a doubt. And and the big thing is, and I've been saying this even though I picked the 49ers to lose last night, the 49ers are for real, Doug. They're not going anywhere in this. Now, yes, you're, you're right, it was a little bit of a perfect storm yesterday, but... There's a few things about the team that I just go really jump out to me. One, we talked about Kyle Shanahan. His play calling, play design, schematics on a week-to-week basis, they're always going to challenge defenses. But offensively, up front, I mean, it's one of the better O-lines in all of football, let alone Shanahan's great at designing run plays. Defensively, front seven, really athletic at linebacker, their front four is up there with the best in football as far as just versatility, size, and guys that can pass rush. So I look at those two things and go, man, there's not a lot, of, a lot of teams in football that are able to create mismatches against the San Francisco 49ers. They're here to stay. I think they're that good. I think they're in the cream of the crop in the NFC, and I think they're going to be fighting for a first-round buy when we're on the phone in December on Tuesdays and we're still talking NFL football.
2: What about the Browns? Um, uh, let's let's start with Baker. You play yeah. the position, you coach the position, you evaluate the position. Why hasn't he been better?
5: Well, he's definitely been off of his game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, he has gone through a stretch here, really, since the third preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where. He's just a little off. There's a lot of throws where I go, oh, gosh, gosh, you know, one foot this way, and it's a perfect throw, but it's just off his fingers. Think about the start of the game last night. Has Odell Beckham Jr. on a 25-yard out route. I mean, he's wide open. Odell Beckham Jr. has got, like, the greatest catch radius we've ever seen in any receiver ever, and he couldn't put that on target. So he's been off throwing the ball. He's been jumpy in the pocket. We talked about that's a very good defensive line for the San Francisco 49ers. The Cleveland Browns, something I've been saying on my podcast a lot, it's a very good run blocking offensive line, and that's what worked last week against the Baltimore Ravens. It was run first, run first, and then the pass game opened up. Last night, because they got behind early, because of Baker being off and the bad interceptions and the fumble, they never got the run game going. And therefore, they put their offensive line, which is not great at pass protecting, like I said, and a real, real bind. And that was more of like what we saw in the Rams game. You better get the ball out quick. Well, they had to do it that game because they couldn't block Aaron Donald and some of those guys on that Monday night football game. Well, last night, same problems. And, you know, I worry about, and, I, you know, I thought maybe I didn't have to worry about Baker Mayfield after last year, but everything I evaluated from him coming out in college. Uh, The negatives are all kind of rearing their ugly head here to start this season. You know, not being able to see in the pocket. Getting out of the pocket too early. I heard you before, you know, on air. Yeah, you talk a big game. It's easy to overcome, you know, obstacles when you're playing Kansas or some of the crap defenses in the Big 12. But what we're seeing is when NFL defenses collapse the pocket, Baker Mayfield is not nearly as effective and he plays small in those situations. And that's scary because size is a skill. You know, Tom Brady can throw with people around him. He's not affected. He can see over people. He's got long arms, big hands. It's effortless for him to throw a 20 yard out route and things like that. Baker Mayfield, as you see, he needs to gear up a little bit to throw some of those balls.
2: Chris Sims joining us, uh, football night in America, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Um, you, you mentioned this a little bit, and I was on with Cowherdler today, and I brought this up. Uh, but obviously, your football acumen is ridiculously superior to mine.
5: That's yeah, all right. You um, got, you got, you got a good feel, man. Okay. I,
2: I truly believe that. Yes, the Colts. Yeah, the Packers. Right. Um, you know, we we mentioned the you know the Rams uh, against the Browns, really, uh, but really more what we saw last night as well. It it feels like in this era where we're so convinced that you got to throw it to win third down conversion percentage you got to throw throw the football like these zone blocking schemes running the football dominating time of possession that's what happened in Kansas City that's yep. what happened in Dallas and that's what happened last night is there a correlation in styles or is this simply Figure out a way you can run the football and you can be successful.
5: No, I, I think this is the new wave in football. This is it. I know I'm sick of hearing people saying, like, oh, the spread in college is filtered down to the NFL. Listen, the teams that are still trying to do the spread in the NFL, they're behind. People have moved on. It's over. doesn't matter. They've moved on. The best offenses in football, the ones you mentioned, the Rams, the 49ers, the Saints, the Colts, You know, the New England Patriots, the Baltimore Ravens, and I know there's a few others splattered in there, the Seattle Seahawks. You know, everybody minus the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody minus the Kansas City Chiefs in that top offensive conversation in football. They're run-first football teams. They all are. And, you know, I, I go back to last year and try to tell people all the time the Patriots, the Rams, and the Saints were top six in football running the football last year. They play fullbacks, they play multiple tight ends. The NFL defenses have caught on to the spread football game. Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals is not catching anybody by surprise. All these kids have seen it in high school and college. What they have not seen is pulling guards and fullbacks coming down at them at full speed. And because of that, teams are running the ball first. You're exactly right. It helps out your defense by keeping them fresh on the other side of the ball. But the best way to create big passing plays is play-action-pass. It's the best way to get explosive plays, explosive 20-plus yard plays, other than turnovers on the number 1 stat that dictate wins or losses in the NFL. And I think that's really what we're going to continue to see in the NFL with the really good football teams.
2: Yep, I, I, I completely agree with you. Chris Sims joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, how much of it is the Giants aren't any good? How much of it is uh, Minnesota finally took the clamps off and threw the ball? Well,
5: yeah, the Giants' pass defense is horrible. Uh, the Giants' defense in general is horrible. They, they, they have no pass rush. They can't cover on the back end. I did just watch that film a little while ago. This, this, is, this is the formula of the game. It was boots, play actions, fake the boots, run some screens, and some on-edge runs, because the Giant defense, the only good thing they have going for it is they have some gigantic human beings in the middle of their defense that are very special as far as that's concerned, stopping the run. But other than that, everything's there to be had. Now, the Vikings, because of their ability to run, and Dalvin Cook, who's arguably the best running back in football, they don't need a complex formula um, but but I'm still not going to sit here and say, ooh, things are fixed in Minnesota. No, I think the good defenses in football will still be able to catch on to that formula. The biggest thing I need to see from Minnesota is just more diversity in the drop-back pass game for when the run game and the boots aren't working, when you're playing teams like the Chicago Bears or the better defenses in football, who can take some of those things away. You better have a little more creativity in the drop-back pass game, and that's where Minnesota, I think, really is behind the eight ball right now. It is very simple, normal, what I would call like day one, day two, day three installation, like the basic pass plays in, in NFL football offense. But nonetheless, the, the one thing that worked was they came out going boots and play actions, which then opened up the run game as the game went on. But I still got questions about that Minnesota offense, yeah.
2: Instead of going what they have been doing, which is run the football and then try exactly. play action later, um, right? Uh, your old coach John Gruden's three and two. He, yeah, he's using the same formula, right? Josh Jacobs running the football. Exactly, and, Doug. Uh, but, yes. but they they also are doing something kind of clever. They they did it week one against Denver, and they've continued to do it, which is Derek is getting rid of the ball, the yes. fourth fastest in the NFL, two point five two seconds. They're, they're having him get rid of that sucker quickly, and um, I, I'm just I'm wondering if. Does this make Derek Carr a good quarterback, or are they hiding that Derek Carr is not that good to have him get rid of the ball quickly?
5: No, I think this makes Derek Carr a good quarterback. I think, there, I think Gruden is doing a masterful job of just playing to the strengths of his team and trying not to expose the weaknesses. Yeah, they don't, you know, especially with no Tyrell Williams, but they don't have, like, guys that you're necessarily scared of in the past game. And this past week, they had no Tyrell Williams, no J.J. Nelson. But the formula, you kind of said it, Doug, you're spot on. It's power run football, power run football, because their defense is not great. There's not a lot of household names over there. And then it's short passing game. So they're controlling the clock, moving the sticks that way. And their O-line, you know, it is the one thing that you can say about it. It's gigantic. I mean, when you get into, you know, Rodney Hudson at center, one of the better centers in football, Richie Incognito uh, at guard, he's still really good, you know, the right tackle uh, Brown, I mean, from the New England, you know yeah, Trent, Trent Brown. Brown he's the yeah. biggest human on earth. I mean, he's so they can maul people. Let alone Colton Miller's a first-round pick from last year at of UCLA. So that is one area where he's playing to that strength. Two tight ends on the field, three tight ends on the field, and he's going to make defenses stop that. And then he's got a good variety of short passing game and little boots to keep people honest to stop them from putting all their eggs in the stop the run basket. But uh, really, that's been the formula. And I think the passing game will continue to expand when they get healthy as far as at receiver and have some of those guys. But right now, I think he's just playing to what he's got.
2: Uh, Red River rivalry this weekend is something something you know really, really well. Right. Uh, Best you ever played was which game?
5: Gosh, and any—I didn't ever play good in any of those games. You guys, you guys lose
2: all of them. That was during the run where you guys didn't beat them, right? Run. We
5: couldn't beat them. I mean, you know, they just Bob Stoops and company. It was the only team that physically was on the same playing field as us, as far as our talent level. And they were running Tampa 2, which was really not seen in college football at that point. And we had no place to stop it. And usually they were better at scheduling a few tough games early in the year where we hadn't played anybody. And then our first game was – our first real game was them. And we were like, whoa, what do we do? It's 7-7 in the first quarter. We haven't been in a game like this. And, uh, yeah, it never went well for me. And that's why I got drafted in the third round, basically. It was just because of that damn game itself.
2: What's that like? What's what's it like to – run on the field I mean like look this is among the five greatest rivalries in in college football it's at the Cotton Bowl they split it 50-50 but what's the experience like as the quarterback of the Longhorns like
5: couldn't be any cooler giving me chills just as you're talking about it I'm sitting here it's uh, I would recommend this to any football fan it should be a bucket list game That's you know the Texas State Fair is going on around the Cotton Bowl outside so as soon as you drive into the parking lot it is just an absolute party tailgate and true hate between Texas and OU and the cool thing is like you said it's split down to 50 but different than the Florida Georgia game where the stadium them split halfway halfway right one side one side mm-hmm. Texas OU, it's split down the 50-yard line. So you could be in a home game, you know, maybe in your own territory, and then you cross the 50-yard line, and all of a sudden you're like, damn, my guys can't hear me. i got to go to Silent count. Are we going to figure something else out? So really a cool dynamic that way. It is one of the best rivalries in all of college football, and really the country in any sport that has to offer. And uh, it's an awesome awesome atmosphere. You need to go to it one of these years, Doug.
2: I have been there. I was at the game where where Roy Williams jumped over the offensive line, and tackled you and had a safety oh, in the great. end zone. Thanks. I, thanks was there. I was thanks. Thanks for up the great I, memory. I, I, yeah. wor- I was working local radio. That was my year doing local <laughs> radio in Oklahoma and I was like, this is the most amazing. I thought OU OSU Bedlam was big and I came down and I was like, holy hell, this is... this Yeah, is- that was
5: a pretty good one. Yeah, and Roy Williams. I mean, uh, that play... I went to the Oklahoma what? Football Hall of Fame a few years ago when I was on the OU campus and I uh, I have more pictures. I'm in the, the Hall of Fame there in Oklahoma than most of the Oklahoma players, which is not a good thing.
2: Did he guess the snap count? I, 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 I mean, everybody remembers him jumping over the line. Did he guess the, what, what? How did that happen?
5: Right. Well, so he, I mean, of course, he was a phenomenal football player. Uh, but so early in the game, he did the same thing. He, you know, kind of timed the snap count, but not totally. But earlier in the game, we had about a third and ten, and he did the same thing where he jumped over our blocker as I was dropping back to pass, and I ran up the middle for like 15- or 20-yard gain. And I know because the Oklahoma coaches have told me, they told him, don't do that again when we call that blitz again. Well, you know, we, 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 we called a short pass. I had my Roy Williams open on the right one-on-one, and I'm going, ooh, if I can get this out here fast and Roy makes this guy miss, watch it out well i'm going this might be something and as i'm getting ready to throw there came roy Williams, superman over our running back and uh ball popped in the air interception game over and uh yeah that was a tough one to swallow right there
2: who is the f who's number 25 the running back who? with oh i didn't want to say his name brett robin okay yep i mean hey he did he did
5: all he could do it just you know he went low <laughs> against a bigger human being and roy was special and he made a good play
2: Chris, great stuff, man. Thanks for joining us.
5: Uh, you're the man, Doug. I'll talk to you.
2: Chris Sims, Football Night in America. A guy who played quarterback a long time in the Nash Football League.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the
4: best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. He's Carson Palmer. He joins us on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Carson, I've told a lot of people that your second year starting is harder than your first year starting. Now, you redshirted your first year, right? Um, but but your second year actually starting because now they give you the whole playbook, and yet you've still only really started for a year, and yet everybody has the, your tendencies and and tries to pick you apart. Did you think your first or your second year starting was more difficult?
6: Uh, I personally thought my first year was just because it's a new league. It's a new speed. It's, it's new, everything. Um, year two, you should start to settle in a little bit. Uh, but you're right. I mean, teams, teams have a whole season of, of Baker and a whole, um, uh, you know, a, a Rolodex of all the different certain plays he likes doing the red zone, certain plays he likes on third down, what he's, he's been successful with what he's been unsuccessful with. So there's definitely a little bit of a roadmap, um, uh, you know, to the tendencies that certain players have in year two. Uh, but there's nothing like that first opportunity in that first year where you get thrown in there and you got to go out and play. And, you know, he played really well, obviously, in year one. And I think year two, um, there have been some tendencies that have, that have been exploited and seen by different defense coordinators and teams. And one of the things is, is you know, he likes to roll out to his right. He, he's really comfortable out to his right. So trying to keep him in the pocket has been something that, um, that teams are really focused on. And and in, until he beats teams from the pocket, people are still going to force him to move his feet. So when he's moving his feet, like you saw last night, where he had to avoid um, Joey Bosa a little bit and left that ball a little bit underthrown that Richard Sherman picked off. When when he moves his feet, he's especially un, you know inaccurate and has struggles in that area.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, obviously, you and your brother Jordan, Jordan's joined us as well. You guys study and know, and uh, both have played the quarterback position in the NFL. One of the things that's kind of lost is like you are a great athlete, right? You're like six five, like a four six guy. Like you're he, whereas he's five eleven, you know four eight four eight guy, right? Like not a great body, not huge hands. And what happens is like everyone talks about intangibles, which are important, but so are tangibles. And you know off balance, off platform throws. Sometimes you can't make if you're a little bit smaller. And you're not necessarily as strong. Is that, a, is that a fair depiction of some of the things that he's going through?
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you look back at that draft class that he was in. You had Sam Darnold, who uh, unbelievable athlete, phenomenal inside the pocket. You had Josh Allen, who is maybe one of the more athletic quarterbacks to come out, other than Lamar Jackson. You know, a big physical guy that's led his team in rushing as a rookie, and, and now Josh um, is off to a great start in Buffalo, and obviously Lamar Jackson. Uh, a tremendous athlete, a ton of speed. Baker was kind of, you know, the shortest, slowest, um, you know, not quite the zip on the ball and, and accuracy that that, uh, that Josh Allen has and not quite, um, you know, the, the accuracy that, that Sam Darnold's had. So it was it was obviously throwing. I mean, when, every, when everybody saw um, he went number one and all those guys didn't, uh, it was alarming, and it was a big bet that, that Cleveland made to take him number one and pass up on – Uh, the the extremely high ceiling that Josh Allen has and pass up on all the athleticism that you saw uh, Sam Darnold have at USC. Um, And then Lamar's film was unbelievable from college. So to see him get drafted at number one, it looked like a reach, and and, uh, it still is looking like a little bit of a reach right now with the success that that Lamar and Josh Allen have had.
2: Let me me ask you about Jameis Winston. He's, of course, working with Bruce Arians. You worked with B.A. When you are in Arizona, he helped kind of resurrect your career uh, and in, in kind of the last incarnation of, of what what you are doing, what do you see Jameis Winston improving upon since he's worked with BA and his staff?
6: Well, I don't think we've there's enough of a sample size to really see it yet. I mean, they've only played five games, and really, and anybody that goes into Bruce's offense the first couple weeks, really the the first year of the system, it's such a it's such a difficult system. Um, it is advanced. Uh, in every way, uh, even when you're, you're talking about the NFL. I mean, it's so different than college and so much more complicated uh, than any other or most offenses in the NFL because there's so many formations, so many shifts, so many adjustments. There's so much on the quarterback's plate because there's a lot of empty formations where you've only got five guys blocking for you. Um, so it, it's really hard to, to judge Jameis right now being so, you know, really in the first quarter of the season. Um, but, I mean, if anybody can resurrect his career and, and get him on the right path, it's Bruce. It, it's his system. It's his way of coaching. Um, and I, I look really – I'm really excited to watch watch Tampa play throughout the year. I mean, they've, they've got um, – they've had a pretty decent start. You know, they, they smashed the Rams a couple weeks ago. Uh, they had a really ugly early loss that you kind of saw coming, just knowing that it's a new system, and new staff. But watch for that team to take off here as we get in the second half of the season.
2: What do you think of Dak Prescott?
6: Well, I think, um, you know, at some point, Dallas is going to pay him. You know, it's it's obviously between 25 and 35 a year. Um, but if I'm back, and I said this before, if I'm back, you have a chance to be the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback for a long time if, if you sign a long-term deal there. You'll make up whatever money you give up um, in order to, to keep your salary cap number down so that you can continue to sign Amari Cooper and Zeke and these other guys that they have because they've drafted really, really well. but. I just think Dak's in a spot where, you know, are, are you going to trust Jerry to spend the money that he's not going to pay you and save from paying you to pay other guys around you? Um, if I'm Dak, I'm, I'm taking that chance. You know, I take a little bit less money to, in order to that money uh, that I that I would give up would go to receivers and tackles and centers and guards and defensive ends and all of that because uh, he'll he'll obviously make the money in marketing and, and outside. I mean, just look at just look at a couple years ago. All the major networks had a Dallas Cowboy, whether it's Troy Aikman or or uh, or Romo or Jason Witten. Uh, it, it pays to be a Cowboy, so you can make up that money on the back end at the end of your career and whatever whatever you know career you head in af, into after football. But you can also make endorsements off the field.
2: Carson Palmer joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, so uh, you're in on this uh, CBD? You got a, a CBD oil, right?
6: Correct. Correct. Level Select CBD. Um, it's a phenomenal product that I found a handful of years, years ago. and um, It's something I use on a daily basis. It's something that, that I need on a daily basis after playing for 15 years and, and having multiple surgeries and, and just being in constant pain and constant soreness. And It's, it's something that um, has enabled me to, to continue to play with my kids and wrestle and fight and um, play sports and ski and do all the things I like to do.
2: You mean fish. Right.
6: and fish yes. and absolutely getting getting on the river um some waders and getting my fly rod in hand and heading into the woods is one of my favorite things to do and level select is, is something that's definitely helped me and, and improved my uh, my life after football and, and if you're interested you can log on at selectmylevel.com and buy it right now online and we're hoping to in the future be in be in major stores and, and be more available
2: all right um uh, it's, it, it like fascinating. The CBD thing is, is fascinating because people hear, you know, it's marijuana and they don't realize that it's a non hallucinogen part of marijuana, right? Like, it's like, you're well, d- kind of got to re you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta educate people because some people are still a little bit in the dark about it.
6: Right. And, it, and, and what's the truth about it is it's actually not marijuana at all. It's hemp that's derived from hemp. So, um, if anybody is, does have any confusion uh, and it, it is a confusing subject because it is so new and and it does it's been so popular so fast um, but there is no drug in it whatsoever um, I think you're going to really start seeing it explode on the in the sports scene you're gonna start seeing it in NFL locker rooms and MLF locker rooms and NBA locker rooms um, it is not a drug it is a medicine and i I got into it because i, I had a vet that prescribed it for my dog that was you know at year 12 my German Shepherd named Nemo couldn't get it in and out of his dog bed and I I saw the effects it had on him and I said wait a minute let let me try this and it's been something like I said that has really improved my life it's improved my sleep I I use it before I go to bed I have a a little bit of an arthritic hip that keeps me up at night Um, and it's something I used and started to use so that I was falling asleep and sleeping through the entire night so it's an amazing it's an amazing medicine um level select is is a name and a brand that you can trust and that was one of the things that jumped out at me is there's so many there's so many out there and you don't know exactly what's in them well level select is 100 percent pure um they set the industry standard on on production and knowing exactly what goes into it everything that's into it is on the ca- on the casing and, and on the product um so it's, it's it's a brand you can trust and feel confident
2: in well yeah and the only issue is do you like dog food now because you're using your dog's uh, cbd cbd oil carson palmer our guest on the on the doug gottlieb show uh i'm i'm gonna i got a rant on sam darnold uh i'm a i'm i'm of the sam Darnold uh, convert i'm not converted i've i believe in since i i he first came on the field at usc how close does he have a good enough team around him this year to be what many people think he can be
6: I, I don't think they have a good enough team. I, I don't think um, outside they have the weapons they need uh, to compete and be in the playoffs year in and year out. I mean, you've got Le'Veon Bell. You've got a, a, a good, fast, explosive defense. You've got a pretty good offensive line. Um, and Sam's good enough to overcome some of those deficiencies. But in order for them to be uh, a Super Bowl contender, they have to continue to add pieces around Sam. He's He's an unbelievable talent. He can absolutely spin it. His pocket awareness is as good as anybody I've seen since maybe Tom Brady. Um, he moves so well and fluidly in the pocket. He's always on balance. He's always in a position to be able to throw an accurate ball. So I'm really excited that, that he's finally cleared, and hopefully he has uh, this mono issue behind him. But in order, in order for them to get to the next level, they have, they've got to have a number one receiver, and they, they really have struggled to find a number one and a number two. Uh, I know Le'Veon Bells a workhorse and and he's a monster but at some point um you can't rely on Le'Veon all game long every single game they need to find some weapons outside and this, this is a young team with a, a you know a new head coach I expect them to add a piece this offseason, maybe draft one high in the first round and and go from there
2: awesome stuff Carson enjoy uh, getting in those waiters and uh we'll we'll uh, keep you can send me some of that uh, selectmylevel.com stuff and we'll talk to you soon
6: I'll send you some. Thanks, Doug. Thanks All for having right me.
2: All right, dude. Carson Palmer joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
2: Here's the bad news Jets fans from pro football from from football outsiders, football outsiders. They stay, they track these things. The Jets have the 30th best passing pass blocking offensive line. Um, Should be pointed out that CJ Mosley, who, of course, they signed to a five year, $85 million deal in free agency. Granted, different GM, one that was fired, Mike McKagan. He was injured in the third quarter of the Jets' season opening loss to Buffalo. A groin injury. Might not practice again this week. Might miss at least one more game. Quinton Williams, who everyone loves, the number three overall pick. His NFL debut consisted of just 23 defensive snaps. One special team's play. And in their first game against the Bills, he hadn't played since. He's expected to return this week from an ankle injury. Of course, uh, Sam Darnold has missed a substantial amount of time with mononucleosis. This is all the bad news. The good news is that uh Sam Darnold's back. Right? So, hey, good news, we still stink. We will stink a little bit less with you. We don't really block for you. Second worst in running backs getting tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. Hey, Good news is we got Le'Veon Bell. Bad news is we don't actually block for Le'Veon Bell. Right? Do you guys remember like Ryan Khalil? This is right before the season. They talked him out of retirement to come back and be his center. He's like so fired up. Then he got benched because turns out he should be retired. Dak Prescott absorbed an elite offensive line, a quality running game. They added Amari Cooper. But even in Dak's first year, he had Dez Bryant. There is no Dez Bryant with the New York Jets. Um, Jared Goff inherited one of the worst offensive systems we had ever seen. Right? Like Jeff Fisher's offense felt like, hey, everybody go out and get open. And then maybe we'll hand it off. We'll hand it off on first and second down. On third down, third down, get open. What's the play called? Get open. Didn't really, didn't really work. They drafted Tavon Austin number nine in the first round. What team is Tavon Austin on? Anybody? Do you know what was he on? Cowboys. I don't think he's on the Cowboys.
1: What? I'm
4: pretty I sure
2: they traded for him. I think they cut him. He was on recently. Was he? Yeah. Okay, so he's still, still on the on Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yeah. Still on the Cowboys.
1: Not getting very many targets, no. but no. Doug, the bad news is you were wrong about Tavon Austin. Well, the bad the news, good news is, good is, your, is your point is Good is, is my correct. point is accurate, yes. right? Yes.
2: My point is who drafts Tavon Austin at five foot two in the at the ninth pick of the draft? He has three targets this entire season. Oh boy. Well, he might have had other targets, but he's so small, we didn't know they were thrown to him. That's, that's possible, right? It's very possible. So, good news is Sam Donald's back. Good news is Quinton Williams is going to be back. Good news is C.J. Mosley's going to be back. Bad news is, who the hell is he going to throw to? Nobody blocks for him. And even though he's got Le'Veon Bell, they're second worst in the National Football League and running backs getting tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. Right. And look, I get it. Adam Gase is super weird. He just is. He just, like the the press conference where he's doing the eye thing is the embodiment of really smart guy, good offensive mind, but just wired differently. Like, look, nobody in the NFL wins with a third-string quarterback, especially a team that wasn't expected to really win this year. Like, you can sit there and go, hey, well, Pittsburgh was competitive with a third-string quarterback. Yes, well, Pittsburgh... Was built to win and win big this year, and they've been disappointing. The Jets are like second year of a rebuild. Next year's really supposed to be the year. I mean, they fired the GM right before the season, so they weren't supposed to win. And then they worked through three quarterbacks. Yeah, that's that's suboptimal. We spent a bunch of money on CJ Mosley; he's not playing. We spent the draft pick uh, equity on Quinn Williams; he's not playing. We spent some money on a center and yet he should have stayed retired. Outside of that, Mrs. Lincoln, how is the show? So if we do bad news to good news, bad news is the Jets still stink. The good news is Sam Donald's back and eventually Quinn and Williams and eventually CJ Mosley and they might stink a little bit less. And I know this is a tough ask, but be patient, right? San Francisco 49ers, that was a three or four year rebuild. Right. I mean, let's just be honest. They were at, do you remember how bad they were with Colin Kaepernick and, uh, who was the other car? Blaine Gabbert. Right. Like that was a bad football team, bad team. You know, I mean, Kaepernick's numbers were decent, but the big numbers they were like one and eleven when he was the starting quarterback. He got beat out by Blaine Gaffert to start the year. And the year before that, they were bad. That was Harbaugh's last year. So, or no, that was they had the they had the Jim Tom Sula character, right? And then they had Chip Kelly. And they were both bad. So this has been several years in the making, but three this is the third year of the legit John Lynch. Gut it, rebuild it model, and now they look like they might have the best team in the NFC West. Think about how bad the Raiders were last year and how bad they had been. Yeah, they made the playoffs a couple years ago. That was more luck, but they bottomed out. Then they tore it down, and last year they were bad, and this year they're 3-2, and a little bit ahead of schedule. But even some of their best laid plans of mice and men often go awry, right? Antonio Brown, remember that big signing? What happened there? Vontez Perfect, same thing. Be patient. You have the quarterback. You have the running back. You have a couple of awesome defensive players. And when Quinton Williams comes back, you'll have three or four really good defensive players. It takes time to build it this way.
4: If you dare, Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love.
0: Zumo Play.